creating an annual preaching plan, part two, coming up here on the Better Sundays podcast at reachkeep.com. Welcome to the Better Sundays podcast, focused, practical, and usable advice for church leaders looking to reach new young families and impact their community. Well, howdy, howdy, howdy. Welcome to part two. We are excited to have you here as we're talking about how you as a pastor can come up with a calendar, an annual calendar, to help you with your preaching plan and kind of know where you're going. If you missed part one, we kind of took you partway through that and kind of dropped you right in the middle. There's a, uh, It's worth going back and listening to that so that you can kind of pick it up from here. Um, but we talked about you know some of the different things that we had uh, encountered and why we have a annual preaching plan and why we do that. Uh, it takes care of your indecision and drops your stress levels a lot, really helps you kind of plan things out better. And we know that a prepared pastor is more effective than an unprepared pastor. And that's just kind of the bottom line of this whole thing. So uh, we want you to, to uh, jump right in and join us. If you find that this is helpful, please subscribe to our YouTube channel if you've not done so. Uh, also, you can share this with uh, brothers in any other way, you know, send them the links to it uh, or hit the share button and kind of, you know, go that direction. Give us the, some, the thumbs up button. Uh, we appreciate that. So we are, uh, we kind of finished in midstream in this little acronym that we have that we use for running a filter for all of our church programs run through uh, three different things, an I, an R, and an S. And it's real easy to remember those three initials. So uh, make sure that you uh, go back, watch the last one, and then jump right into it here. And uh, I'll be making a couple uh, uh, appearances in the middle, and uh, then we'll wrap this thing up. So God bless, and you preach the very best that you possibly can. Our world definitely needs it, and our churches need revival. So uh, God bless you, preacher, as you move forward and watch this training. Um, there's really three kind of things that we do, and in every program that we look at here in our church, we go, is it doing this? Is it doing this? Is it doing this? Okay, all three of these things. And they, uh, the, the first one is the information. In other words, giving them Bible info. We're, we're giving them the right stuff, you know, from the heart to a heart. Uh, we're giving uh, information. We are giving, we are building relationships. In other words, the people in that program, uh, that Sunday morning, the kids program, the teens, whatever, they have ample time to build relationships and have discussion and get advice, all those counsel. Those are all good Bible words. And the last one is the word service. And this is where this integration is. It's like, you know, where it, where the rubber meets the road. It's like I, you can preach all about missions. Okay. But, but the, but the integration the service part is when somebody takes and pays or, you know, goes on a missions trip or they help a missionary that's there buy new tires for their vehicle or they give, you know, through a faith promise type of, of program. So integrating all of those messages, and it's real easy to remember those, it's IRS, okay, one of our favorite initials, um, information, relationships, service. It's really a filter to run everything through. And the last one here is the integration is really, uh, the, or the, the service part is where the integration of a message uh, starts to come. In other words, every one of you that preaches on missions, you want there to be integration into the offering plate, integration into missions trips, integration into, you know, a commitment to the missionaries, uh, you know, when they come to visit and you do missions banquets or you do things. That's what I'm talking about. That stuff comes when you think 
and plan longer ahead. And that's why we believe in having, uh, you know, uh, you know, something like this, you know, kind of laid out for your year. And you may not have a whole year uh, laid out, but you need to probably know at least six months kind of pretty much where you're where you're going. It's putting all those little pieces together, all the little uh, cogs kind of go together and, you know, making all of, all of that happen. Um, the last one here is it is just less stress. When you've got a preaching calendar, you know where you're going and you are not in the mode. And this happens all the time, happens to me. I'm reading my Bible for devotions and I go, hmm, boy, that'd fit in that Wednesday night. Oh, that'd fit there in that message. Oh, I'll use that at that couple's thing I'm speaking at. Instead of just sitting and spending time with the Lord, sometimes your sermons just keep coming out of the Bible, which is where they need to come from. And there's really kind of got to be a balance there. But you and I need to have that time where it's not stressful. It's not sermon prep. It's just you and the Lord spending time together. And uh, so this is just a, a real important thing, kind of going over those things. Why we do that? Because we want to, the people or the people and sheep uh, need different kinds of food, different types of things. We get better when we prepare better. Uh, we, we, we're just much more effective at it. We really are able to integrate things much more. And we have a lot less overall stress in sermon preparation. And again, I talk with pastors all over the country and uh, all the time, every every week, almost every day, it seems like. Uh, and the idea of them being stressed out over sermon prep and and not that they don't want to do it and not that you don't love it, but it's just like, oh, it gets to be an awful lot. So we want to give you a few things on kind of how to kind of work your way through. So, all right. Hey, before we get uh, into the, kind of the nuts and bolts, one thing I want to just reemphasize here is this idea of less stress. One of the things that we all do is we are multi, uh, not quite sure how the word is, we are a pastor and a preacher. So if you're doing the preaching preparation stuff and suddenly pastor stuff starts bumping into your preaching time, that can be tremendously stressful. And you've probably have had times when that has happened where you have really good message, you're kind of really working on things, and then all of a sudden, you know, there was a death in the church or whatever, and your Friday, if you're a Friday or Saturday night prep person, some of that's been chewed up by an emergency. And that is one of the reasons that we really want to work ahead because that stress, okay, while you can probably handle it and you probably have handled it before and we all tell war stories about that, that stress shows and that lack of preparation also tends to show, not in ways that we see, but in way our congregation see, when we're not quite as prepared. A prepared pastor is better than an unprepared pastor. So let's move on to uh, the nuts and bolts here. How do we do all this stuff, and how does it work? Uh, how does it work? Now, it's going to work a little bit different for, for everybody, uh, some of those things. Um, for me, one of the first steps is I, I really uh, think – about what my flock needs, okay? Uh, take heed to the state of your flocks. Look well to your herds. I believe uh, it's in Proverbs. That we, we need to make sure we know this. Now, there is a little bit of pushback in, in this area from time that we don't want to always be 
asking what the church needs and then responding. It's not it's not like, oh, the couple ladies were fighting, so I need to preach on gossip and fighting or whatever. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about the general overall maturity of your church and how you and I need to kind of think uh, what that would be. In, in other words, we do, every preacher looks at his congregation and then figures out how to reach them. You do that all the time. If you were to teach a junior church, you would go, well, how many kids and how many girls, how many boys, how many kids? What, you know, are they, are they little bitty kids like kindergarten or are they like middle school kids? Or, you know, we would ask those questions. Uh, I just got the opportunity to speak over. I'm doing something over in Oregon here, a little bit, some training. And I was asking the pastor about the maturity of the church and where they're going and just trying to figure out sort of I can know what I'm doing. But this idea of thinking through the maturity of your church rather than thinking what book of the Bible would I want to go through because I haven't I've never done, you know, Job before. That would be kind of good. I don't think they've ever got that. I think in the way that we do this and what we're, we have a church that is reaching young families. We have new young families, new people every single week. It's just a, it's just an exciting thing. And it's the idea because we're feeding them, we're giving them what they need. Now you can create a topic list and I'll, I'll just make a, a couple of them here on, on the list uh, on the left here. You can see, you know, uh, you, you need to preach on forgiveness. You can do five weeks on forgiveness or anger or fatigue or failure, any, any of those in the middle. These are some more practical things, things on parenting, uh, stepkids. You probably have a huge amount of stepkids uh, and it is a huge problem in our churches. You probably need to talk about uh, some of that uh, divorce work, place, et cetera. You can, you can see some of those. Uh, maybe some more, you know, more doctrinal type things like, you know, the mix of prophecy and, you know, a spiritual growth and, you know, eternity, heaven, gospel. And I think underneath our picture there it says missions is what it says. But all of these are are important topics that you can you can add in there and you can make all that uh, uh, make all that happen and you need to think those things through and and I could give you you know a hundred more <laughs> in in all of these lists and just this is really that prayer type of thing and by the way not a problem like having a book in there like pre you know we did uh, Joshua um, a couple of years ago we did the whole thing of Joshua well we've done several books we did Titus and we did that we went through those as well. Now we themed them and we made application about, you know, the needs and whatever uh, personal needs that were there. Um, but you can add, you know, books in there. That's just a, a great way to do that. So kind of think of where your people need to mature and what they need to have, and then kind of work those in. And again, we'll go through this in a minute and show you kind of the balance of, of a relational series versus doctrinal series versus outreach type series. So, um, so think maturity. So that's, an important one. The next one is to get input. And I believe that all of us is smarter than one of us. And from the very beginning of our church plant, I've always solicited ideas from other people. Now, there's times when I solicit them and it's like, nah, you know, I, that's not where I'm going. That's a little different. I'm not headed there. Don't be afraid to have some, some teamwork and put some things together. Uh, I found this picture a few years back of one of our Sunday school teams or the Sunday school teams. All our kids workers got together and they 
you're sitting there, and I, I was involved in that meeting too, and I stood back to take a picture because it was so cool to see this. Everybody was sitting there, what do our kids need? Where are we going? What kind of things do we need to teach them? How could we do something special? What's the? When would we do something special? What type of training do we need for our workers? Um, but solicit input. For many of you pastors, lead pastors, you've got some deacons and some leadership people there. You've got some well-trusted uh, staff type people uh, and just say, well, hey, what do you, where do you think our church really, you know, has some gaps in it? What are some areas of, of strength that, uh, you know, we, uh, that we need to have? How could we be better? Um, let's see, uh, what do these new people need? Okay, I wrote this one down. Uh, you know, how are we doing, this is kind of a, kind of a sort of an open thing. How are we doing as a body? Okay. In other words, you've got like a deacon's meeting, you're kind of got to talk about missions or your new carpet money or whatever, but how are we doing as a body? And you kind of pick up some, some stuff there. I believe it's important to have meetings uh, such as this, where you start to do that, um, where you really grab hold of things. I want to give you a good reference book to, to buy. And uh, this is called Sticky Teams. And it is, uh, you go to Amazon, type in Sticky Teams, and you're going to find it. Uh, Larry Osborne's the, the, the guy, um, not exactly my stripe in, in every single way, uh, but it is a just a good, uh, it's a good book, and I recommend, um, recommend that you go uh, uh, grab that thing. Uh, let's see, did my whiteboard turn on tandem, or did you turn that on, or did I hit that? Maybe I hit that. There we go. All right. <clears throat> anyway, no, um, was- yeah, it is... Uh, and then I'm just going to see if I could. I, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, I'm not sure how I ended it. Right there. There we go. Oh, I knew I could do it on a screen there. So uh, Sticky Team, Osborne, like I say, good guy. Met him, uh, asked him some questions, spent some time with him. Um, but this this book will really get you, uh, get you a long ways in building teams that work together uh, instead of just, you know, do uh, kind of like, say, governance type things. You have teams that are really focusing on the ministry that goes on in the church. And uh, a lot of our teams kind of, like I say, they've kind of moved towards sort of governing type decisions, uh, but to really kind of get them on the same page and get their spiritual discernment that comes from them, uh, that's a good thing. So that is the idea of getting input. And uh, you need to kind of, you know, it's like, hey, I was thinking of maybe teaching or doing, going this direction. What do you think about that? Oh, that's good. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Or, hey, how about if we, you know, so I think it's a little bit more this direction. I've always enjoyed those kind of meetings with our people and have been helpful. Uh, I want you to learn, too, now to focus on, and this is, uh, we're getting more into the calendar stuff, focus on the big parts of the calendar. Let me put up kind of the, the biggies here, okay? What did we do um, there? The New Year season, okay? Kind of those first several weeks of uh, of uh, what you might call it. Um, the Valentine's, and I put Valentine's because everyone knows it's right in the middle of February, but either side of Valentine's Day, kind of right in there. Uh, not like a Valentine's banquet. Uh, of course, Easter is a big season, and of course, kind of floats back and forth. Uh, the start of the summer, the end of the summer, um, the start of school, and 
for some of you not sure where you're at, but summer ending and school starting are almost identical, but they're they're not in other places. I'll explain that in a moment. And then the whole holiday season, kind of from Thanksgiving all the way into into Christmas. And let me give you a couple gaps here where uh, where there's you're going to see some some good momentum things, and you want to have some of your best series, and you want to really kind of think this through here. Between New Year's and Valentine's Day, right in there, in fact, that's kind of where we're at now, from about the 10th of January up through Valentine's Day, uh, that is a great momentum time. It's a great time to get some of your best teaching and some of your best things can can happen right there. Because right during the, the last few weeks of the year, if you know what I'm talking about, like Christmas and, and New Year's, it's a lot of travel, a lot of people gone, a lot of hecticness. But when you're planning your calendar, it's like, when, what can I do? The, the next one is the Easter thing, starting with Easter. And we always recommend that you start a series on Easter. Don't finish a series on Easter. Okay, you can preach the resurrection, and, and it's kind of tricky. you got to kind of finish Calvary and the Easter and some of that. You can start with resurrection, though, and you can move into a whole new series because you will get guests that come on Easter. And Easter, you know, I, we have people come Christmas and Easter just like everybody else does. It's like, well, praise God, man, if they're going to come, I'm, I'm happy to have them. And for some of them, they're going to come that Easter, and they're going to make that decision that they're going to continue to come and keep coming because you're giving them decent stuff and and they're really grabbing hold and they built some relationships and they found a place to serve, you know, that type of thing. So the momentum seasons right after Easter and then your other big momentum one is right after school starts, kind of in that that fall kind of time. So you can get some good momentum. So you want to have, if, if you're thinking about teaching uh, these different topics, all the different things or the ones that we had up there a few minutes ago, which ones would fit better in each of those places and kind of think that through. Now, there's some, uh, th those are the kind of the big parts. There's some things though with the integration that are kind of what I call sort of the heavy lifting portions of a, of a church. In other words, you want to teach more. You want to train your people more. You want to have more activity. You want to have like a missions conference and, you know, have their people there every night. You want to do a big evangelistic meeting. Those are heavy, heavier things to do as far as what I mean by heavier. They take scheduling. They take people. They take finances. They take a lot of prep, all that kind of stuff. You need to think those things through. And the place to kind of plug those in in a calendar, in the natural flow of people, okay, is like either side of Valentine's Day, right in that whole Valentine's, you know, the whole month of February is really a good time. Up until Easter, there's some good stuff. We always do like kids worker training. We have a big children's worker training thing that we've done, you know, several years. We do that right around the last of February, first of March, because people aren't like caught up in a hundred other things. I mean, if I tried to run a giant uh, kids uh, training type of a deal or an evangelistic meeting or a giant missions conference like the week after Christmas or the week before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. How well do you think that would go? Okay. Yeah. It's just not going to, it's not going to be something that's going to go over very well. So those heavy lifting seasons are where you put some of that integration stuff in after Easter, after Easter, up until about Mother's Day, 
but not any further, too much further, because you start to get into graduations and all the end of the school things. And if you're reaching new young families, okay, like we teach, if you're bringing in a lot of those, the graduation season, I mean, there's a musical thing here at the elementary school, and there's one at the middle school, there's one at the high school, there's the play, there's the this, there's the that. The whole end of May up until the first week of June is just like, keep away, okay? Don't add anything extra in your integration side of it. The last one there is kind of after school starts and, and sort of before the holiday season. And I'll basically just kind of summarize it and say like October. October is a great time for missions conferences, a great time for financial, you know, Peace University. We've done it during that time many times. All sorts of, of different things you can do. So you want to, as you're feeding your sheep, you want to figure out when you can do uh, do some of those things. That's kind of the uh, you know getting that thing. In other words, with if you're with real sheep, there's a lot of things that uh, you use to integrate to know when your ewes are going to lamb. Now they they naturally lamb on the day they naturally. Uh, the breeding time for all kind of outdoorsy type of animals like that is when the days start getting shorter. That way God made it so they have babies when the winter is finishing and the days are getting longer and they're, they're able to live a little bit better. Um, but with sheep and, and other animals, you can kind of move those things around based on market prices, a lot of different things. But you want to think about all that. And you want to just sit down and go, when are my people really busy? And, and stay away from some of those things. Uh, for us, where we live in the in the mountains, in the wind, we have like nine months of winter. Okay, so our summer is very precious, and we do a lot of activities in the summer, uh, a lot of things that are very, uh, but they are very specific and very tied to children's ministries, things along that line, and they don't include all the adults because a lot of people are gone. They're either camping or that is the time when you can actually get out of town and go visit somebody. Um, so that's kind of what's going on. So you want to kind of think all those seasons through. So you want to target that heavy labor kind of stuff. So let's just jump into um, a couple resources that we have here for you, because uh, we're kind of running low on time. Uh, we have some YouTube training videos. We have three of those videos that that uh, already the links should be in your mailbox already. Um, the one that has to do with the engaging sermon series is one that's going to really help you kind of like go, oh man, you can't do that on a Saturday night or a Friday. You got to think that out in like a week or two or three or four ahead of time. That's a good video just for that. There's also a video uh, there, a YouTube video that deals specifically. Well, actually, I think I've got the, the pictures up. I'll show them to you here. Uh, let's see. Let me jump ahead. Okay, that's the Engaging Sermon Series. We got one on creating the fill-in-the-blank sermons and then worship service uh, engagement. Uh, going to this one here. Let me get back to the right one. That one there, the sermon series one, we sent you a link with a special paper, and I'll show you that uh, in just a moment. I want to get to, and I know I'm jumping way fast here, I want to get to this one-year sample uh, preaching calendar that we put together for you. And uh, I made this specifically, went back a few years. This is pretty much all from uh, one of our years that we had, uh, kind of added a couple things and tweaked it a little bit. And I made it, if you notice, it has uh, uh, 12 months going this way and four weeks going over that way. That's only 48 weeks. Uh, it is not a full, normal calendar uh, with the 52 weeks, but it sure gives you the gist 
of what is is going on here. At the top here, these ones in the dots, this is a series I uh, did a few years back, uh, exposition, Psalm 23. Okay, did, uh, you know, six weeks, six verses. I mean, there it is. It was just all the things on how to handle uh, handling stress, okay, stressful time of the year in January. But it was basically, and you can kind of see we had an intro, uh, I belong, I can rest, I will follow, thou art with me, a bright future. Uh, that, those are all based on the verses that were uh, that were in there. Um, and so that's just a, a, a good, like I say, Bible exposition. Then we jumped into a short little relationship series uh, called How to Do Me and You. And it was marriage. Marriage is a good thing. Uh, marriage needs a good foundation. Marriage uh, needs to get you going a good direction. And I've got the notes on all this. And the point is not that, like, I'd give you necessarily my notes, but the idea is that you can see, like, during that Valentine's season, you can do some good uh, some good teaching. Also, right during that, where those pink ones are, that's where you have a little bit more flexibility for extra missions conferences and, you know, the application kind of stuff. You might do a big banquet like we do. We do a big thing called Tea for Two right in there that's just for our couples. If we tried to do that at other times of the year, it would not go as well. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, then we jumped on this one, a Countdown to the Resurrection. Lessons from the Upper Room, Lessons from Gethsemane, Lessons from Calvary. And uh, this was uh, just basically out of uh, one of the Gospels. I forget which one we did. Um, I think it was a Luke one, kind of went through and kind of gave some overview of, of all of those areas. We have a lot of brand new believers. So uh, this was very young, uh, very young believers. And in, in, in so explaining things to them in just the simplest ways, uh, it, it's just a great thing. Anyway, here's an Easter series. We started on Easter. Uh, it was called Vertical, uh, and it was on the book of Acts. We did the, the early portion of the book of Acts up until um, kind of the Apostle Paul part, um, but, you know, up through about chapter 7 or 8 right through there. Um, and so that, again, expositional type of thing, but it was really a lot of application, vertical mindset, vertical community, um, vertical moms. We did a Mother's Day thing in there, uh, vertical living. Uh, then we did a couple standalone sermons kind of in there. And this is, I did one on how to take a great vacation. I uh, did a standalone one on baby dedication, baby parent dedication. So we added that in there. So that's sort of a singular one. And then during June, July, and August, we had a month of this, a month of that, and a month of that. Uh, this was an entire family month. And with our uh, number of young families here, we always try to do a month of, you know, family-oriented things and child-rearing or whatever. Uh, Faithful Men was this one, Camp Meeting Days, Attributes of God. That was all the omnipresent, omnipotent, all that stuff. Uh, we taught all those things. Uh, so we got a lot of, we got a good doctrine series in there. Um, and then we jumped, uh, then that was September. We had a couple, uh, a, a short one here. We had a standalone guest speaker on the Labor Day weekend. And then for three weeks, we did an evangelism series. And this is part of the integration. And that is because we knew on October 1st, we were going to be moving into, you know, we need to invite people to church. We want to do back to school, back to church. We want you to, you know, we want our church to, uh, uh, to grow and to reach some of those people that we've been, you know, inviting and inviting and inviting and haven't come yet. So we came up with a series, and that is the series, I think, I'll turn the camera here again. Uh, that was this one right here, uh, How to Handle a Hurt. And it was, uh, you know, just some real good things. Hurts happen, hurt by circumstance, hurt by decisions, 
hurt by a system, hurt by someone else, hurt by a friend. That was purely a verse with births thing. Wasn't an exposition of a particular, uh, you know, book of the Bible, but it was a real good focus. And what we did in the three weeks before, right up in here, and I don't know if you can see that, but the white area there, the three weeks before um, we did the uh, an evangelism series on, you know, inviting people to church and and go in the highways and hedges and compel them uh, to come in. So, um, and then uh, then we jumped into the holiday season. These couple purple ones here. We did a Compassion Sunday, which was kind of a, the equivalent of missions for us in that particular year. And then we did a thing on the Christmas presents, and then we had a guest speaker at the end. Now, that all right. Well, there you have it. This should be helpful to you for your uh, preparing your annual planning and calendar for your sermon and believe me it is worth it take time to plan ahead get away somehow break away for a little bit and try to lay some of these things out if you need some help or some stuff contact me at info at reachkeep.com be glad to help out uh, we'd love to get you in our academy as well or uh, you can go to reachkeep.com slash academy and see if our academy is open for registration and uh, then you can sign up and we'll get you involved um, the the other resources here are all at reachkeep.com slash sermon stuff. Okay. So those YouTube videos and all the downloads, all that stuff is available there. So uh, take a look as always, if this has been helpful to you, uh, give us a thumbs up and sh make sure you share this with some other uh, preacher that you know. And of course, subscribe to us at the Better Sundays podcast or at reachkeep.com uh, uh, YouTube page that we have. So uh, you can go to that and we'll get you subscribed and you'll get this stuff every week. So uh, God bless. Thanks to be with uh, for being with us and thanks to, for me being with you. It's good to be here. Anyway, have a great one and we will see you the next time here at the Better Sunday podcast at reachkeep.com.